0: I have been wanting a paddleboard for years, and I finally got one from Bluefin Sup, and let me tell you, I absolutely love it because I can stand on it and look down in the water and see the fish, see sharks and and stingrays and turtles. It's it's absolutely amazing. I've taken it out dozens of times since I gotten it, and what I love about Bluefin is they offered a huge selection. I went with the Bluefin Cruise 12, but they've got bigger boards, smaller boards from, for juniors all the way up to um, season ocean tours. And what's cool, is it's a family-run business based in the UK, but they ship nationwide. When I placed the order, it was here within a matter of days, like four or five days, it was at my front door. Um, it all packs down into a backpack. I can store it inside my vehicle, um, inflate it in five or six minutes. Doesn't take that much time. And what one of the coolest things about it is it's almost completely replaced my kayak because a kayak seat is attachable to it. So when I need to take a break and want to sit down on the board, I have a seat ready to go. It's it's amazing. So if you're looking for a paddleboard, I can't recommend Bluefin enough. And by the way, they are having a Black Friday sale for $150 off at BluefinSupBoards.com. That's BluefinSupBoards.com. And there is a link in the show notes to check it out. So thank you for the folks over at Bluefin for, uh, for sponsoring this episode
1: usually wasn't was all the stray dogs. There are a lot of stray dogs in South America and the Balkans. You know, they didn't have any owners to to manage them. So we kind of had to just figure out how to deal with them in a way that worked for her and for them. So um, it actually ended up being a good thing for her training.
0: Hey folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. I'm your host Mason. Uh, this episode's going to be great because I know a lot of y'all have dogs. I've got two dogs. I've taken them on some adventures, mostly car camping, but I did take uh, our smallest dog backpacking a couple times, and it was it was awesome. And so when I heard that Jen does this, I just had to have her on the show to talk about. Adventuring with our dogs because you know it, it's like taking a friend with you. If if you're closer with your dogs, I, I I'll be honest. The the relationship I've had with my dog has deepened after an adventure. We just feel connected. We feel like we've done something really cool together. Uh, you know she might not care at all, but I think I think she's having a good time. I know she's having fun out there. The freedom, the experience, the fresh air. It does us both good. And so I I'm trying to include her as much as possible now. And so Jen is going to share with us some ways that you do that safely. You can do that um, responsibly, way, ways to not get too, too super frustrated at the beginning if it's, if it's tougher than you think, and also uh, gives us some ideas of what kinds of things you can do. And I'll go ahead and tell you, there's not a lot you can't do with your dog. Anything you're interested in, any adventure you can think of, type in with a dog in Google, somebody's done it. Somebody is doing it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, thanks to all our new patrons. And before we jump in, Jen does have a couple great resources if you want to learn more. Uh, her website is uh, the Instagram longhaultrekkers. And then the book is The Essential Guide to Hiking with Dogs. So Jen literally wrote the book on this subject. So uh, check all that out in the show notes and uh, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. Today, we're we're going to be talking about something that's going to apply to a lot of you, I would imagine, which is uh, adventuring with your dog, and we're going to be hearing from expert Jen Sotolongo. Jen, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I always ask this first. Uh, where are you coming from today, I- and is that home?
1: Um, yes, I am here at home in Portland, Oregon. I'm from the Seattle area originally. I grew up there my whole life and then um, lived on the East Coast for a few years. I went to school out there and then stayed out there for a few years, lived abroad in various places throughout the world, and the Northwest is just home. I moved to Portland about 10 years ago um, and moved away again to do some traveling and then came back uh, last year, so... Wow, it's home, yeah.
0: It, two two pretty amazing adventure capitals. Um, were you were you encouraged to do adventures growing up? Were you in a family that did that stuff, or did you have to discover it on your own?
1: Um, yeah, my my family wasn't very outdoorsy. We would maybe go on, you know, a couple short, like popular, easily accessible hikes a year. Um, I discovered it, I guess, probably in high school when friends convinced me to join the cross country team. I grew up playing basketball and, um, I, I got to a point where I knew I, I wasn't skilled enough to make the varsity team. And so I wanted to keep exercising, but didn't know what, and friends can conjo- uh, convinced me to join the cross country team. And I'm like, I am not a runner. I don't, I don't do this. Um, But somehow they convinced me and that was kind of the start of my adventure journey um, because I eventually graduated to trail running and, um, you know, the Northwest, as you said, is just kind of a big adventure capital. So, um, you know, as I kind of got older and and could choose what I wanted to do, um, gravitated towards the trails and I got even more into the adventures when I got my first dog about 10 years ago so it's what I do when I can
0: have you had your dog have you had Sitka for 10 years
1: no I got Sitka about two years ago um, my first dog um, came to me through a relationship um, so it was his dog and she and I bonded immediately I did everything wrong because I thought I knew a lot about dogs but it turns out I did not. Um, but she, she was very forgiving. And so she, she died about, she died almost exactly three years ago. Um, so sick as my, my first dog, that's all my own.
0: Nothing prepares you for that. I have lost some dogs over the years and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the, it's, it's been worse than losing some family. Um, it, it, I don't want to dwell on that too much, but, Uh, You know, when when you first started adventuring with dogs, what were you doing and what were some of the obstacles you were overcoming? Because I I imagine it felt a little, maybe a little intimidating, maybe not. Maybe it was a natural fit.
1: Um, It was a bit of both. I, you know, I met Sora and I'm, you know, I'm a long distance runner and I, I was, I basically stole her and I was like, I'm taking her for a New Year's Day run. And it was like an 11 mile run, which I probably shouldn't have done that with her first, first, right off the bat. I should have done a little more conditioning, but um, she, you know, we just had a lot of fun. And I I had always wanted dogs growing up. We had cats in my family, um, but I was always that kid that was, you know, walking the neighbor's dogs or pet sitting the neighbor's dogs to get my dog fixed. And so um, I was really happy to finally have my own dog. Um, you know, in the first years, I think my, like the biggest challenges were just that I had to kind of unlearn everything I thought I knew about dogs. It's just kind of the things we pick up culturally that aren't always ideal for dogs or, or for being outside with your dogs. Um, and what I mean by that are things like letting your dog you know, meet other dogs all the time or letting your dog go up to people, uh, when you're on the trail or not having reliable recall. Um, Sora was a reactive dog and I just, I kind of, I, I really wanted her to be this very specific dog and I didn't know how to get her to that point. And I just kind of, I knew that the things we were doing were not necessarily okay in terms of trail etiquette, but I, I just kind of like willed it to happen. And it took me, you know, a little while to, to realize that you can't just will something to happen <laughs> just because you want it badly enough, you have to put in the work. And I, I didn't know exactly what to do at that point. So I've spent, you know, a lot of those 10 years learning how to be a good dog owner on the trail and how to kind of build that relationship with my dog so that we have that, that reliable recall, and we can enjoy the trails with a lot more, a lot less stress. The other challenge that we face is other dog owners um, who, you know, were at where I was when I first had a dog that don't necessarily understand kind of the, the basics of trail etiquette. And so, you know, I, I have a soft spot for reactive dogs. Sitka is can be reactive. And so I just don't let them meet other dogs in like on the trail. We do it in a very structured way. Um, but if we're running, we're running, you know, we don't want to stop and, and meet all the dogs. Um, and so it can be very stressful because people just don't understand or they get offended if you ask them to manage their dog. Um, and so it's just, it's a challenge that a lot of dog owners face and I, I just wish there were more education about coexistence on the trail so that everyone can enjoy their activity with their dog
0: yeah so you you talk about some of those basics so say someone has a dog they want to go hiking with for instance or or even backpacking or something on the trail some of those requirements those basic things that y'all suggest is like you know being able to sit being able to reliably um, be recalled, like basically come when you called for some of those basics before you can take your dog out. How long do you expect people say, starting from nothing? Um, they just have a dog that hangs out at the house, good dog, you know, nothing too, too crazy going on. How how long can they expect to before they can get those basics down? Do you think with training is it, is it months or weeks we're talking about?
1: It really depends on the owner and their their time availability and dedication. Um, I, you know, I've, let's see. I I got Sitka um, in December, 2019, and we did some basic training on our own. And then I hired, I worked with a trainer in March, I think. So a few months later, and we put in 20 minutes, three times a day, every day, at least. to to work on training. And that was active training. So then there's also passive training. So say, you know, you're, you run into a friend during a walk, I'm, I'm always training my dog, I put him in a sit or a down, you know, so I can have that conversation. If he gets up, I put him in a down again, that's kind of the passive training where my, you know, I, my dog is always my priority. So I might, it might mean that I'm not paying it. The person I'm talking to, I might have to stop constantly to manage my dog or make sure, you know, that the passing dog is not going to approach us. Things like that. So for us, we're really we're always training, and we we also use um, we use balanced training, which means that we use tools like prong collars and e collars, which was just a huge, huge, huge help for training that off leash reliability. It has made running and hiking and backpacking so much more just enjoyable and less stressful because I know he will always come back. Um, you know, I know that we don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about him like going up to other people or not You know, chasing wildlife or anything like that. Um, so it's a really efficient way to train your dog because dogs are tactile creatures. So they learn from pressure and release and so it's just a really efficient way of communicating with them. And we, Sikha's, um recall has always been pretty good. So he, and he's, he's a cattle dog, So he's pretty smart and, you know, very eager to please. So he learned, I don't know, we were doing off-leash hikes pretty soon after we completed our training, which was, that was a month long training program. So it's, I would say that's a very long winded answer to your question, but I would say if you put in daily dedication with your dog and practice regularly, you know, you can get off leash reliability in a month, probably would be about the quickest time, but you know, maybe like plan for one to three months to, to really get it nailed down. The key is just, is practice and not letting your dog off leash too soon. I think a lot of dog owners are so eager to hit the trails with their dog right away. Um, but Using a long line is super helpful when you're kind of in that in between phase because you know it's it's just a tool that's not used a lot I think or used like used too quickly or skipped over because they want to graduate to that off leash stage um, but it it is really it's just beneficial for you and your dog to just really nail down those commands and become really fluent in you know whatever whatever commands you're teaching them especially recall
0: having that ability is priceless it can literally save the dog's life um yes in the out in the back country or when you're backpacking whether there's wild animals or other dogs and um you know unforeseen challenges or weather and and you don't want to be caught in a, a really tragic situation if your dog just simply won't come back to you when they're called um yep so so once you were comfortable with your dog to take on adventures, what are are some of the things you started doing and what were, what did you start feeling more and more comfortable to do with your dog?
1: Um, well, since we're runners, we've, you know, we've always been running. Um, so that's our main adventure activity. And I do a lot of, I call it just urban, urban confidence training. Um, so, you know, In the city, we do things like um, I'll go to playgrounds when there's no kids around and I'll have him go on like climb up the stairs and go down the slide and go across the, the bouncy bridges, things like that. Just like weird things. We do a lot of training around scary things like he Sitka doesn't like motorcycles or garbage trucks or the bus or skateboards. So we'll spend a lot of time practicing being around those scary things. Like we follow the garbage truck every single Monday, um, for like 20 minutes to just get them used to that sound. So what that, how that translates to the trail are, you know, it just teaches your dog to be comfortable on, on, you know, varied terrain. Um, so having Sitka kind of go on all these weird surfaces and with weird textures, um, you know, it teaches him to just be really confident if we're on a hike with a scramble or, um, you know, on slippery terrain or things like that. So I, I just have Sitka, like I'll have him just go on weird things all the time, like have him jump on picnic benches or walk on rocks or walk on, um, you know, like um, slotted staircases. We just do a lot of practicing with that in our current environment so that he can just get used to different sensations. And so what I found really important is just watching your dog's confidence, seeing how confident they feel on different textures and terrains and rocks and things like that. Um, Because if your dog is a little klutzy, they could fall off a cliff or fall off a rock or, you know, hurt themselves. So you really want to build that confidence in them so that, you know, those things don't happen. The other thing I was going to say is, oh, it's also really important, I think, to learn your dogs, to, to learn to speak your dog's language. Um, you know, dogs don't speak English, no matter how much we talk to them. They don't, <laughs> they don't speak English, they speak dog. And I think it's only fair that, you know, if we're teaching them our language, we need to learn some of theirs. And so learning, you know, your dog's different barks or growls or their different body postures, that's super, you know, it's just, it's really been helpful for me on the trail, especially because I can tell the difference if, you know, Sitka sees a squirrel versus a person ahead versus if he's just like staring off into space, listening to the sounds of nature. You know, I can always tell Okay, there's a person ahead. I'm going to recall him back. And so just is really tuning into your dog's body cues will tell you a lot about what's going on without having to say anything to them. And it just, it tells you a lot about, you know, what's going on with them and what might be coming up.
0: Being able to practice and build up to, to bigger adventures and and building that confidence is so important. I have had the pleasure with backpacking with uh, one of my dogs and we had a great time it was our first time and uh or for the first time i mean it was you know there was a lot to learn um for folks that want to do a bigger adventure like that um obviously dogs are you're, you know canines they're they're pretty adept to to being outside and and being comfortable but there is you know essential things you have to bring with you what are some of those things that people should kind of have in their mind ready to be able to physically carry uh, when bringing a dog on an adventure? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode.
1: Yeah, um so I always bring a First aid kit that includes uh, one for my pet. I use the adventure medical kit. I think it's called My Dog and Me.
0: Interesting. What what what's kind of what's in some of that? That's that's a really good point.
1: Um, that's a good question. I haven't had to open it, thankfully. <laughs> so um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. That's good. That's good. <laughs>
1: um, well, so I'll just I'll say what what are some things that you should bring <laughs> for your dog's adventure. You should have things like a tick removal key. Um, That's not necessarily an emergency thing, but, you know, always do a tick check if there's ticks in your area. Um, You can carry Benadryl. So if your dog is stung by a bee or gets some other kind of swelling from a bite, I believe the dosage is one milligram per pound. I just did a first aid class with a vet recently, and I believe that's what it is, but check with your vets before going off of what I'm saying, because I'm not a vet. Um, So carry Benadryl, you can also carry activated charcoal, vet wrap, which is like kind of sticky tape, and then gauze wrap, like if they get a cut on their paw, or um, the paw pads, torn paw pads are really common, especially in dogs that are the people that take their dogs out for a 10 mile hike when they haven't been conditioned. Dogs can tear paw pads really easily if they haven't been able to develop those calluses. So you can bring wraps to wrap that up, or um, you can get a cheap pair of booties. I forget what the brand is. There's a brand that has really cheap dog boots um, that are great for keeping your medical kit for things like torn paw pads.
0: And that does happen. I've had that happen from experience on a relatively easy hike. Dog cuts their pad. They're even bleeding. And they can't walk on it. And if it's on two legs, good gracious, you know you're you're carrying a dog.
1: Yep. Yes, you are. And oh, that actually reminds me, I carry um, a rescue harness as well. Um, There are several brands out there. I think there's three different ones that um, are making harnesses for dogs. Um, You basically just it's like a sling. So you put them in the in the sling, and then you carry them out like. Like a backpack, sort of, so that I have one for my dog because he's 42 pounds and I could carry him, but it would not be fun. Uh, what else? I bring my dog's collar has a light built into it, but bringing a light for the collar would be good um, if you get stuck at night. I also pack water specifically for my dog. So um, I just count him as, you know, another person, basically, uh, so that he has enough water for for the hike. That's probably a lot of the basics, I would say.
0: Just like with backpacking or anything else, you're probably going to overpack the first time. Um, yep. take a little too much. You'll bring three lighters instead of the one you need or, or whatever <laughs> ways to start a fire. You're, you're going to figure out that, you know, dogs are pretty resilient. You're pretty resilient. And, and as you get better at it, uh, you'll realize what you need and, and, and don't necessarily need, um, depending on your yeah. dog's, uh, abilities, but yeah, those essentials are always, um, handy if, if something goes wrong. So, so for you, what are some of the uh, adventures you've been able to take? You, you mentioned running. Have you ever gone and done an overnight with your dog? And what was that experience like?
1: Um, we haven't done an overnight running trip together, but I really want to. I want to go with someone else who's done it first. So looking for someone to take me on on that adventure. But we've done um, several backpacking trips. We did one most recently this summer in the Wallowas in Eastern Oregon. And then we did. We've done a few in Washington, and it's just, it's such a great way to bond with your dog, I think, you know. We do a lot of, most of our runs are just Sitka and me, and it's just, you know, a lot of people are scared to go out on the trail by themselves, and it just, when you have a dog, you know, you're not really by yourself, but you do have that added responsibility for you know your if something happens to your dog then you know you need to be able to to care for them um, and keep yourself safe so that you can care for care for them yeah i mean most most of our adventures are are really very long trail runs um throughout the northwest
0: what are some of the cooler experiences you've heard other people do maybe uh, taking dogs onto new frontiers so so for instance i saw that you uh you and Sitka have been paddleboarding together which to me sounds like could be pretty tough has you have you seen any interesting adventures that people have been able to bring their dogs on
1: um yeah I've seen a lot of adventures um and actually i <laughs> i <laughs> I skipped over one um in in from 2015 to 2017 um my partner at the time and i um, took Sora on a tier bicycle trip across Europe and South America. So that was a little bit of a big adventure. Yeah. That's Uh, (laughs) a big adventure. (laughs) Yes,
0: it is. Holy cow. So, so, so that's actually a great, that's actually what I'm talking about. So there's the running, there's the trail, um, but there's also, you know, stuff like road cycling or, uh, mountain biking, even where you, or, or any sort of vessel the dog gets into. So what was that experience like? Tell us some stories from that.
1: Um, It was, it was a lot of fun and, you know, having a dog along definitely brought on some challenges, but it wasn't really as challenging as one might think. Um, You know, we had to do a lot of paperwork.
0: For like border crossings?
1: For border crossings. Yeah. Yeah, Europe was fairly easy because once you're in the EU, you know, the paperwork is the same, but... Once you go in and out of the EU, then it gets a little more tricky. And then we went to South America after that. So each country there requires paperwork. But once you do it a couple of times, you know what to do. Um, you know, finding dog friendly accommodation could be tricky, um, especially in places you know like South America or the Balkans where they don't really have that same kind of pet relationship with dogs that you know we have here in places like the US and North America so it's just kind of navigating those situations another area we thought would be really challenging but usually wasn't was all the stray dogs um, there are a lot of stray dogs in South America and the Balkans in Turkey and for the most part they were they were really friendly dogs um they kind of either kept to themselves or they were just really well socialized. And it actually really helped Sora with her reactivity because she got so many impressions with these dogs because we kind of, you know, they didn't have any owners to, to manage them. So we kind of had to just figure out how to deal with them in a way that worked for her and for them. So um, it actually ended up being a good thing for her training. You know, we, we flew with her both in cabin, she was an ESA for my partner, and um, she also flew in the cargo hold, which you know is is definitely stressful and it's not fun. But dogs fly every single day, and we only hear about the bad things that happen to them. But as long as you are, you know, doing your homework on the airline and making sure they have a good pet service. Then, and, and we told everyone, you know, everyone at the front desk, the pilot, all the flight attendants, we made sure everyone knew that we had a dog on the plane. So, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not fun, but you know, for us, it, it just was important for us to have her along and not leave her behind. So, you know, it was, it was worth flying with her. And then, you know, I've heard of, I have a friend, they took their dog, On the Annapurna Circuit with them. (laughs) She and her husband did the Annapurna Circuit with her dog. I have another friend that did. I am probably going to get the numbers wrong. It's like the Adirondack 30 or 40 and the Catskills 30 or 40. Um, It's the 30, 40 highest peaks with their dogs in in those mountain ranges. She did all of them with her dog, Ariel, a few years ago. I have another friend um, that I met during my bicycle trip. He's been traveling with his dog for six years, maybe more. Um, also on bicycle, he's he's from Spain, and he's I think he's on, I think he's stuck to Europe, but he has a dog named Hippy, and they've been they've been on their bike for for years. Um, he he found some dogs in Georgia that were, the, I think that Parvo maybe, and he helped, helped some of them recover. Some of them didn't make it, and he adopted one of them, um, I think. He, I don't know if it was one of those dogs. He adopted a dog from Georgia, I believe, but so he, now he has two dogs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think the you you can do these kind of crazy, like seemingly crazy things with your dog. You can bring them with you. There's There's ways, and it adds a little bit of a challenge sometimes, but it's – it's doable. You know, if you just dedicate, if you just decide that that's what you want to do, then, you know, it's, you can make it happen. And I think, you know, my whole blog started during the bike trip because I just wanted to show people that you can take your dog with you if you want to, you don't have to leave them behind. You can go travel to some big trip and bring your dog. You can, you can make it happen if, if you, if that's what you want to do.
0: We've got a a guest that's been on the show a couple times, Tom Tursich, who is going to be, he's almost done with his trip, but he's going to be the 10th person to walk around the world. And his dog will be the first dog to ever walk around the world, like 20 something thousand miles. Um, Oh, wow. And he adopted the dog from a shelter in Texas on his way to South America, then walked across Europe and Asia, Australia. And yeah, we're going to have to have him back on because it's, I know it's added so much and, and provided him so much for this uh, for this experience. He's, he started in 2015, so it's been like six six years. It's going to be seven years by the time he's done. Wow, um, which is crazy. And <laughs> his dog's been yeah on him the whole time. So so for folks that, that may be saying, ah, oh, you know, I, don't, I would love to take my dog. I just really don't know. Um, it's going to be too challenging, or I don't know. You know, if I want to figure it all out. What what are maybe the top three benefits you could say um, to folks who? Um, who are thinking about taking their dogs of, you know, top three benefits of bringing your dog on an adventure.
1: Um, I mean, the first obvious benefit is that you get to bring with your, you get to be with your dog, you know, you don't have to leave them behind, but I think, um, you know, having a dog with you opens, opens a possibility for, for things that you might not otherwise have found. So as an example, let's take national parks. Dogs aren't really allowed in national parks. So you have to do something that's not at the national park. Um, so you might look at the forest that the national forest areas outside of the national park and discover that they're also pretty cool. And, Oh, there's a lot less people. And, you know, there's no admission fee or maybe you pay like, you know, an annual fee for the, for the pass. And so, you know, I've discovered a lot of really great places because, I can't go with my dog to certain places. Um, and so that's just been really fun because, you know, in addition to having fewer crowds, um, it just, I feel better about the impact, the environment, environmental impact of going somewhere that's not overcrowded. Um, so that's a big benefit. You know, it's also a conversation starter when people see you carrying a dog in your bike trailer and learn that you're not from that country and you've been biking thousands of miles with your dog. That's definitely, you know, something very interesting to people. It's, a nice and breaker. Kind of, it's
0: definitely an Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, we we met a lot of people just from having our dog with us. And, you know, it's yeah, it was it was fun to just kind of talk to people about that. And then a third benefit, I think, is just, you know, really builds your relationship with your dog in a in a way that's different from being at home you know like we've been at home a lot with our dogs and get to be with our dogs all day long but it's different when you're doing challenging things with them and kind of going through difficult moments you know bicycle touring was fun but there's also the fact that you are packing up and moving your tent every single day and you're outside in terrible weather sometimes, or it's really windy or whatever. There, there's there's a lot of challenges that come with it. And having your dog there just, you know, gives you kind of that support system, especially if, you know, if it's you and your dog on a solo adventure, you have your dog there to just give you that that unconditional love and support when things aren't necessarily, you know, sunshine and rainbows all the time. Um, and I think that really builds your relationship in a different way that's different from just hanging out with them at home or, you know, taking them to the park or even going, you know, for a regular daily run, um, you know, having them there to kind of just be there when things are not going your way or it's really challenging, just, yeah, it, it, it develops, it just strengthens that bond.
0: It does. I, I remember two years ago when, when my dog and I backpacked together it was I felt like we had a connection and I know that sounds crazy but I I didn't expect it I guess I was like, oh yes, yeah, this is gonna be fun but I feel like for the next few weeks we both could just kind of looked at each other like yeah, we did that and that was really cool and uh, we had this amazing experience together and I, and I tell you what I, I I get a little you know you get a little nervous when you're laying in the woods at night by yourself and just knowing that there's a dog with you. Um, maybe it's just, you know, a psychological thing, but I, I definitely feel a little more at peace, sleep a little easier knowing I have a buddy at least.
1: Yeah. I get more like spooked out if like, you know, they hear a sound like, what is that? Yeah. And yeah. They, and of course like, they hear thruffling. everything. So it's, it's, it,
0: keeps you, it might, and I'll say here at the house too, I feel so much more peace at night just knowing, you know, I've got dogs outside the door, you know, just hanging out in the living room, kind of a buffer between, being in uh the kids and it's well tell I, I I'd love to find out if if people want to find out more about you we're obviously going to point them to longhaultrekkers.com where they can learn about camping, cycling, flying, hiking, traveling with dogs, running with dogs. Um you also have an a, an adventure dog camp. Are, are you doing that? Do you want to talk about that at all?
1: Sure. Um uh I hosted it with my friend Melissa who's a dog trainer based out of Bend, Oregon. And we hosted our first one this year in September in Central Oregon, and it was a ton of fun. We had 10 people and 11 dogs, and we did hikes, and we had a vet come in to teach pet first aid. We uh, had someone come in and set up barn hunt, which is where dogs search for, there's rats, the rats are trained Uh, There's rats in tubes and they hide them in hay bales or there's a tracking portion. So the the instructor will lay down a trail of rat pee and then at the end there's a rat. Um, So your dog has to follow the trail to find the rat. Um, So we did that, which was super fun. Um, We did some workshops on kind of leash handling and trail etiquette skills, how to manage your dog around other off-leash dogs when you don't want them to approach. Um, so we, you know, the, the point of campus was to just create a, an inclusive community and safe space where people can come with their dogs um, and just build those, those skills and gain confidence to be outdoors with your dog, whether, you know, you're just wanting to get out more with your dog and don't, you know, kind of nervous about doing it by yourself. Or, um, you know, you have a reactive dog and you don't really know, you know, you're frustrated with other off-leash dogs that are constantly coming up to you. So we just really wanted to create a space where people can just build those skills and and gain that confidence to feel more empowered to go outdoors with their dogs and have a good time while they're doing it instead of being constantly stressed about all the things that could happen.
0: Absolutely. And and sometimes it does take... An expert coming in, showing you just two or three little things, 10 minutes of work with you, and you can be on a totally new trajectory to enjoying time instead of being stressed out the whole time you're out there. Um, I am a huge advocate of of leaning into folks that are much farther down the road um, than you are. They can show you a thing or two that saves you years of stress.
1: Yeah. And it, yeah, it's not, it's not always easy, you know, having those difficult conversations with people in the trail or kind of standing up for your dog. It's, it's really challenging. And it, you know, it feels like you're being rude a lot of the time and it just takes practice. And the more practice you do, the more, the easier it gets.
0: That's awesome. Well, was there anything else you'd like to share or, uh, plug or, or, or share with folks wanting to take dogs on adventures before we go?
1: Let's see. We're planning the next adventure dog camp for May. That's, uh, also going to be in central Oregon likely, and we might be doing some clinics so people can learn more about those on my blog. The best way is probably to sign up for my newsletter, which you'll see, uh, there's several spaces. You can do that on my blog. Instagram is also another good way to, to get up-to-date information on any events that we're having. That's at Long Haul Trekkers. And then, um, yeah, I think, you know, just getting, you know, get outside with your dog. You know, just if, if you're just starting out, maybe just take your dog to the local park and start there. Just start with what you're comfortable with and and find your people to kind of teach you those skills that you need or to help build that confidence and just, you know, start with where you feel comfortable and, and find your people and you'll get there.
0: Awesome, Jen. This was great. Um, yeah. Thank you for being on the show and uh, thanks for what you're doing with uh long haul trekker trekkers and just getting people the confidence to, to try something new, you know, try something new. I, I've never taken my dog on my paddleboard, but you know what? <laughs> I might do that. I might do that now. That would be fun for them obviously. And, would add a lot of uh a really cool aspect for me too, you know? So I might try that this weekend.
1: It's it's a lot of fun. I um yeah, I really enjoy it. Sitka doesn't always love it because he would much rather prefer to be in the water. So it works out. I get a paddle and he just swims alongside. <laughs>
0: there you go.
1: Um but yeah, it's we did that at Adventure Doc Camp. Actually, I did a paddleboarding clinic. So yeah, it's 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 really fun. It's just it's like a really I don't know, it's a really calm and peaceful thing to do with your dog. Oh,
0: I can imagine. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for making this happen and jumping on.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Yeah, have a good day and have a good weekend.
1: Thank you, too. See you. Bye.
0: First of all,